welcome to another episode of the Great British Drafting Show, a proud part of the Riot Network and sponsored by Ortho Carolina. Joining me is Vincent Richardson. Hello. Uh, I should also introduce myself. I'm Dan Cresso. If you're <laughs> new to the podcast, um, we basically look at the NFL draft from uh, Carolina Panthers' uh, viewpoint. We go through different position groups every week, go through Vincent's big board, which is posted up online on the Riot Report. Or, and um, we basically talk about guys that we like, guys that we don't, go through each player and uh, sort of view how they may fit within the Panthers scheme. Um, yep. If you enjoy this podcast, please uh, rate us, uh, review us uh, and subscribe. Um, tell your friends about us because we're working to get people on board. Yep, that would be very much appreciated. Um, so this week we've got safeties. Um, yep. It's a, quite an interesting safety class. Excited to, to talk through the guys with you, Vincent, because yeah, I know you have strong opinions as always <laughs> and ones that may diverge from the general NFL consensus. Yeah. Um, so the, the first thing I guess to do is to, to sort of go over uh, what the Panthers currently have at the safety position yeah. and what moves they may make in the draft to address some some needs they have there yeah so so for the panthers it's kind of it's an odd safety group at the moment it was kind of it was one of the big three areas they had to address going to the off season and it's so far the one they have done the least to address um so eric reed is a good box safety who the panthers kind of had to play out of position a lot last year because they didn't have a single deep safety on the roster um and if they're able to play more as a box safety he should be a legitimately good starting player um, the issue is that they still don't have that deep safety to play next to him. So right now, I presume Sartre would probably be Denaris Cersei, who is definitely not the deep safety, has been a career box safety. And yep. yeah, playing him deep is... They, they would probably end up playing Eric Reed deep again rather than Cersei. And that's not... That doesn't benefit either player, really. Um, behind them... Colin Jones is back as sort of a multi-tool utility piece, and he'll almost certainly be on the 53, but he's, he's, he's not going to start. He's there because he's a special teams ace who can play safety or corner. Um, and then you've got Rashawn Golden, who probably got a bit overdrafted last year and was asked to move from nickel to free safety, didn't really get any playing time, and they're now talking about maybe moving him back to nickel, which probably he, he was actually quite a good nickel in college, so that yeah. isn't isn't the worst idea in the world. But that does mean there's this real gap at free safety and then the issue then becomes if you do draft or sign a free safety you've then got Denaris Cersei as a backup earning three and a half million dollars a year so potentially if they do draft a free safety they could then on day three look to maybe add a strong safety if only till they can move on from Cersei's contract yeah that, 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 that sounds wise to me for for listeners that might not be aware of the distinction between uh, a free safety and a strong safety or may not be exactly sure what a box safety is um do you want to go over those terms yeah so so when so when i say and probably we both sort of say box safety and strong safety those two terms are kind of interchangeable in the way that we use them and then yeah. free safety and deep safety similarly so um the distinction largely being about the balance between coverage and the, the athletic limits of the player so generally Box safeties tend to be a bit bigger, have a greater run responsibility, um, but aren't always the the athletes in space that the free safeties are, particularly guys who are going to be asked to play the deep middle in sort of cover three type schemes. 
um, yeah. where 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 you you you're asked asked to range across the middle of the field and really need to have the speed and the burst to cover a wide area. And a lot of the guys who would be labelled box safeties just are guys who can't do that. In some schemes, the difference is pretty minimal. Like if you play a lot of cover two, it starts yeah. to not really be a thing. But the Panthers play a reasonable amount of both uh, cover three and and various various sort of cover four and cover six and all kinds of things. Um, and, and do tend to play sort of a classic box safety. Yeah. Um, which, which the last couple of years has been Mike Adams um, and before that was Roman Harper and that kind of stuff. So they then, they do tend to play this kind of bigger physical box safety with a rangier free safety. Yeah. Um, and even even for teams that play schemes that are heavy on cover two, mm-hmm. there still is a, a difference between the two safeties just given on whether or not they're on a the strong side of the field, essentially. Yeah. It's, it's not the same as cover three where, you know, there, there is a big difference between what the, the safeties are asked to do. Um but yeah, the the Panthers play a lot of cover free, and they've got their box guy in in Reed, but they need someone uh, to to play the sort of deep uh, middle zone, and that, yeah. that, that that's one of the hardest things to find. That's oh, they are one they of the are toughest they positions are, yeah. to get. Like I mean, Earl, Earl Thomas added so much value to what Seattle did because yeah. he was able to do that better than basically anyone else. Yeah, and, and guys who can do this well are so so valuable, and what whilst. I mean, we'll get into this in a bit. Whilst I'm not sure that's really in play at 16 for the Panthers, it's very definitely a play at 47 and absolutely into the third round. You know, yeah. this is, you know, this, 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 if they can find a good player, this adds a huge amount of value to what the Panthers are able to do defensively. And a lot of the issues that people put on Bradbury and, and Jackson at times last year was simply the result of the fact they didn't have someone over the top who was able to take away the middle of the field. And therefore they had to have a greater responsibility as corners. Yeah, and if if you have a, a deep safety, they don't need to be as good as Old Thomas, but if you have someone no. who can play that position fairly proficiently, it will allow you to play cover free and get uh, Reed in the box, which is where he thrives. Yeah, if, if yeah, yeah, but both of the Panthers sort of starting safeties right now are verging on linebackers, so so like having someone who can actually play the deep middle would be massively important. Yeah. Um. So in terms of evaluating different safeties, yeah. uh, so box safeties and and deep safeties, and even sort of uh slot safeties for lack of a better word sort of yeah. um slot corners verging on safety so butter baker's a good example and, and tyron matthew yeah. um what what traits do you look for for those different types of safeties so for the guys who are going to play sort of the nickel safety you really have to evaluate them almost as corners at types at times in coverage you, you know you need to see the, the the movement skills the ability to play up at the line in terms of their footwork and their ability to to, to flip their hips and, and and to move with receivers in space um and it's nice for deep safety to show at least some of those traits as well and the ideal case is you have somebody who can do both who has the ability to, to either play deep or when you switch around some stuff can then come and play this sort of bigger nickel type role yeah. um so it's, it's in those regards it's quite similar to how you evaluate evaluate a corner in terms of how you, you evaluate them in terms of deep defenders and then also to a certain degree that the the strong safeties you need to see the, the ability to process wreaths to work through where their responsibilities are you, you know don't want guys consistently diving on intermediate routes only to get burnt over the top you need to have a, see the ability to adjust to what's in front of them um, and that's quite hard to really tie down at times and isn't the easiest thing to be really secure about it's generally it's one of the things where it's easier to see the really bad examples than it is to see someone who just consistently gets it right yeah you need um, to watch lots of games to be confident in someone being able to uh to execute those reads yeah and that's something that for a lot of the guys who are 
have been used in one particular way in in college and haven't been asked to do that that's something that teams really have to probe with with its sort of interviews and 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 workouts just to get to see how how players are able to think and process the game um in terms of box safeties you also need to see um an ability to to gap fit as run defenders um and of course for everyone who plays on defense you need to see the ability to tackle and also things like pursuit angles as run defenders are important for both types of safeties. Yep. Um, it, it's one of like linebackers. It's one of the positions which kind of involves everything that you that you need to see on defense. You need to see run defense and you need to see the coverage skills. And I mean, a lot of what we're going to talk about here is 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 d- different people's valuations of safeties. It is a lot about how the scheme asks them to play and how you value the different parts of the game as it is about one sort of coherent grade, if that makes mm. sense. What what athletic uh, skills are necessary for the different safety positions? So box safeties have to be a bit bigger just in terms of the ability to take on blockers at times if they're asked to play in the box um, as as primary run defenders, um, and they're generally not asked to cover the same area and therefore don't need the same um, quickness and and, and speed. Um, some of it comes directly back to sort of the, the movement skills needed to cover man to man if you're talking about sort of the nickel safeties. Um, but the deep guys, you need to have the the long speed and the burst to cover both that sort of deep intermediate central region and sort of the outside thirds uh, in yeah. space. So so basically, yeah. the rangier you are, so the faster, quicker, and and more um, agile you are, the better. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where it does, you know, there is no kind of sort of ceiling value. You know, if you if you can get incrementally faster, it allows you to cover an incrementally better area. That just adds more and more value because it takes more and more pressure off the rest of the defenders. So there is kind of, there, you know, it's not a threshold type thing. Although there is, of course, sort of a lower level threshold. But but the more range you can cover as a deep field safety, the better. Mm. Pretty much without upper limit. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's definitely not a threshold type thing like it is for other positions. Um, would you say man coverage abilities important or is that more of a luxury that you look for i think it depends what you like what you want them to do from a scheme standpoint so that's the thing so some teams need safety to be able to play man to man because that's what they ask them to do at times the panthers actually ask their box safeties to play more man than than their deep safeties generally yeah um and that was kind of where mike adams fell down at times last year yep um but but some schemes don't. So, I mean, the, given the Panthers' biggest need is a deep safety, I'm sure yep. they would like someone who could come in and play that sort of nickel safety role at times. But if if they're primarily primarily going to play this deep sort of middle safety, yeah, man coverage isn't really as big of a need. It, it, no. it is more of a luxury for the Panthers. But some schemes do need it as sort of a core part of what they. I mean, Arizona historically, I know they've changed their scheme now, so it might now be what Tampa Bay starts to do. But yep. Arizona historically under Bruce Arians asked their safeties to play a lot of sort of nickel safety and so that was yep. a really important thing for how they evaluated safeties but for some schemes it isn't so it, it varies massively from scheme to scheme yeah um yeah playing deep safeties uh in man coverage sounds very suicidal which is why it's generally not done in the nfl um no. like it's, it's called a safety position for a reason essentially <laughs> yeah i think it was uh, was it florida or auburn there was someone in the sec who had a tendency to do it a lot where they just mm-hmm. stick a safety over the top in man and it just got Umbra Murray Cooper <laughs> just just eating people alive on that because you were sticking some safety on you know an excellent route runner and he you know it, Alabama under Lane Kiffin ran this sort of 
post out option yeah. against teams that tried to do that and just stick a deep safety on him. And it, it, just, it was just, it was like 43 yards every time they did it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that isn't something you see in the NFL for a reason. Nope. Um, big plays happen in college football a lot more than the NFL for a reason. And that's, yes. that's just generally the, the quality of safeties that you can get there. Um, yeah. So, it, it means it's quite fun as a fan to watch. You know, when when you when you know the NFL, you don't see nearly enough kind of like thirty plus yard runs. No, you know, because the safety is sort of torn at some outside. I mean, there there are some plays you watch and people have just torn at some outside running lane. Like, you know, yeah. they've clearly gone to blow up the screen that hasn't happened, and then they get burnt yeah. fifty yards down the field. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah do that much of that in the NFL, hopefully. No, yeah, the, the NFL is uh, generally a bit more conservative. Um, unless you're Arizona historically with all the man blitzes um, yeah they do some I mean, man, man blitz I mean the, the Panthers did that a lot last year as well and it was one of those things where it's kind of like just don't don't blitz in man coverage it's such such a stupid thing to do it, it like it occasionally works and it's brilliant but the rest of the time you put a huge amount of pressure on all of your defensive backs to do their jobs yeah and uh, yeah, man, man blitzes are a, are a high risk tactic, shall we say? Yep. Uh, Captain, Captain Munlin really struggled with man blitzes. It just yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think there are very few players that won't struggle with man blitzes. Yeah, the the number of sort of slant gains on like long third down against man blitzes that the Panthers gave up last year was really really infuriating. It you know it was kind of I think there was one game where it was at least three or four times they blitzed, man blitzed on third and long and gave up 10 pass yards on the slant, on, yeah. on, a, on a slot slant. And it's just, because it, it basically, if you, it, to explain, if you man blitz against a team that doesn't go into max protection, what ends up happening is that you've got man to man across the board with either no help over the top or no help over the middle, which means that you're asking slot uh, defenders, so largely nickels and, and, and and linebackers to both cover the flat and cover the center of the field. And unless you are incredibly good, that's really, really hard to do. Yeah. So most times when you run a man scheme, you want help both over the middle short and deep to take away the, the long ball. And when you take away either of those, you suddenly become hugely vulnerable. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, uh... play calling now. Yep. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. Back to nice zone coverage. Yeah. Uh, nice and conservative. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, to be fair, Buffalo run a huge amount of zone, and it's extremely effective. I mean, Sean McDermott calls about as good a zone defense as anybody. Yeah. Um, but if you can call it right and you get the pass rush to complement it, at, and you've got the corners who who can work those outside channels, there is no need to play loads of man coverage. Like man coverage is the perfect coverage if you've got the cornerbacks to play it, yep. but most teams don't have the cornerbacks to play it, and therefore actually, quite often zone defense is is actually really very effective. Yep. Um, Should we talk and, about this big board now? Yeah, we'll talk about the big board. I'm not. I, I was just thinking. I'm not quite sure if there are any players um, in this safety draft class who would be quite adept at uh, at man coverage and, and sort of be the one that you draft. Uh, thinking, oh, I can I can play man blitzes now. Um, I mean, I I don't think I mean I, if I'm honest, I wouldn't call man blitzes pretty much ever. But yeah. may, maybe there are a couple of guys. So the guy who I've got first and the guy who I've got fourth 
I think might have that potential. But yep. realistically, you shouldn't build your your personnel around the ability to call man blitzes. Yep. That that you know, that that that's getting your 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 problem and solution the wrong way around. Okay. Um. So you've split your board up into free safeties and, and strong safeties. Yeah. Uh, quite the same thing to do. We'll start with free safeties because that's a, a bigger need for the Panthers. Yes. Yeah. And the the guy that's on top of your board is is someone who I think probably has the best man coverage skills of uh, any safety in this draft class. Yeah. Which isn't really saying much, but um, <laughs> and not the main reason why I imagine he's number one in your board, given no, no, how not. much you you don't really like uh, man coverage in general. Um. But number one on your board is Chauncey Gardner Johnson out of Florida. Yeah. Um. So why is he number one for you? So I think it, it's there isn't so that there's there's that we're going to talk about a bit but there's sort of four safeties who i think are a class above everyone else and i think a lot of it comes down to how how you want to use your safeties and what you value so i think his ceiling is is the highest of any safety in this class i think he has the ability to be that deep center field cover three free safety with the range and the ball skills to be a, a highly effective player in that regard. Um, I also think he is probably is almost certainly the best man coverage safety in this class. And if you, you know, if you do want to play some sort of, you don't have to play loads of man coverage and you, you can, you can play safeties in man coverage without it being a disaster. You just have to be a little bit flexible in terms of how you, you know, it, it depends a lot on formation and stuff. Um, but, but if you do want to play man coverage with your safeties, I think he's probably the best in that regard as well. Um, I, I, I he wasn't asked, so he kind of changed a bit his role between 2017 and 2018. And it's still, some teams will probably see him quite differently to others, but I think he he is best in that deep center field role. It's just there isn't loads of recent tape on him in that role that you can be totally confident about his natural transition. That's why I haven't got him as a first round grade, but he's an okay run defender. He's, you know, he wasn't great in 2017, but he did get a lot better in 2018. He's not perfect, but he's, he's you know, He's generally almost certainly in the right place and his tackling's got a lot better. Um, yeah. And I think he just his combination of of um, processing ability, movement skills, speed and ball skills is just really, really valuable. Yeah. Um, for for any fan listening along to this, if you want to watch a couple of games of Gardner Johnson, uh, pick one from 2017 and pick one from 2018 um, just to see how he's used differently between the two mm-hmm. seasons. So 2018, he's he, he's playing closer to the line of scrimmage, um, so more of a, a kind of strong safety type. Um, but in 2017, he he played more in that deep middle third, uh, the kind of place where uh, the Panthers might be looking to to play a safety from this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's the that's the tape that gets you the most excited about his potential. Yeah, yeah, no, because I, I, that's I think, such I think... a valuable uh, skill set to have. Yeah, the, 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 his his ceiling is, I think, definitely the highest. So that 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 is that deep center field safety. He is, I think, the only one who would have a high level of confidence being a, a plus player in that regard. There's another guy who I think is is very safe in that regard. But yeah, um, I I think he's the he's the only safety in this class who I think has has the chance to be a really elite cover three free safety. Yeah. And that's uh, that's just so much more valuable than pretty much any other form of safety, barring the complete freaks like Derwin James. Yeah. That that it, it it's hard, given that he's roughly the same kind of caliber as player as the next two. Certainly the next guy we're going to talk about, but it's just his, his usage is so much more 
clearly valuable if that makes sense yeah um one one question mark i might have about him is and you saw this more in 2017 than 2018 was general effort level i would say he, he tends yeah. to coast quite a bit i mean there, there, there are some safeties in this draft class who sort of play over hair on fire and you don't doubt their energy um whereas gardner johnson it definitely seems he, he, he definitely coasted a bit in 2017 i think uh played with more more kind of grit in 2018 as he played close to the line of scrimmage but that, that, that that's a, a question mark i have yeah i mean i must admit I, i'm i'm not saying that that's not true i just i'm not sure how you necessarily in, uh, bring that into a you know it's it, it's there are it, I tend to try and shy away from making real assessments on players, unless it's really clear a guy doesn't care or yep. isn't, you know, unless there's a real pattern to why they're not caring. But uh, I, I, I'm i generally a bit hesitant about sort of really trying to assess players' mindsets, if that makes sense. And, yep. and you know, the, the example I will sort of give that is, is, is contrary to that is there are players in the safety class and definitely in the cornerback class who just shy away from contact. And yep. that that's something that you can sort of definitely look and go like, this guy doesn't really like tackling people. He does it because he has to, but he doesn't really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and that you can kind of point out. But I think sort of focus and effort level levels, it, it's hard to be really quantitative about that kind of stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to the, the next guy on your uh, free yeah. safety big board, who's a small school guy, Nazir Adderley out yeah. of Delaware. Um and he he's quite a versatile safety, so I, yeah, no. I sort of put him down as a strong safety. Maybe maybe he has more of a free safety, but he has quite think, a versatile yeah. skill set. Yeah, I think he's definitely the most versatile in this class in terms of, and I think that works both ways. And I think this is what what, we, what you know we've said before is that kind of versatility can be a plus or a minus depending on sort of how it works out. So it, you know, like Derwin James was, you know, the, the, the biggest concern in inverted commas about him was just, it wasn't totally clear how you were going to get the most out of what he did because he did a lot of things well, but they kind of weren't all the same kind of things. And yep. actually San, San, San Diego, not San Diego now, yeah, it's Los Angeles now, isn't it? Yeah. So Los Angeles were, were able to kind of maximize the impact of all the different things he did well and therefore massively, you know, they, they made the most out of what he was and he was a good player. Yeah. Uh, but there are also guys who, who versatile basically means they're never quite good enough at anything to, to you know, that you, you could quite easily take a player like Derwin James and use him quite badly and actually massively decrease how valuable he was. Yeah. So versatile, it then puts a lot of emphasis on the defensive coordinator to, to find a way to maximize the impact of that player. And the way Delaware did this was basically by letting him freelance a fair amount and the, allowing him to kind oh, yeah, of go yeah. and go and go and find his impact. And yeah. I do think that was what, you know, it would be, I think there are some who will look at it and go that he was just undisciplined. And I don't think that was the case. I think Delaware genuinely let him go and sort of roam a bit in the way that yeah. Pittsburgh kind of let, you know, Palomalu roam a bit because realistically he was comfortably their best player on defense for Delaware and when you're playing at the FCS level you need to maximize the impact of the few like NFL guys you get and so yep. when you've got a safety who's an NFL kind of a guy you just let him range and make plays and he did yep. um but in the NFL you've got to have a defensive coordinator who has an idea of how how to make use of his skill set in a scheme and some guy some teams will have a real idea of that and some won't be totally sure and it, and and I think a lot of boards have him as their top safety, and and certainly the gap between Gardner Johnson and him is not big, and it is a certain degree a matter of preference. Um, but I think it's 
it's not a to- I don't think he has such a clear cut role in how you use him. I think you have to be you'll have to change how you use him based on formation yep. and personnel and all that kind of stuff, which yep. does take a bit more effort and I think does slightly decrease his value for me a little bit. Uh, um, is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. The nice thing about him is he does flash quite uh, a range of skill sets because he was asked to roam and asked yeah. to do uh, different things. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's hard to pin down what sort of uh, role he'll have at a, the NFL level. Uh, like right now, I, I would say probably um, he'd be best as a sort of cover two safety, one that yeah. shares sort of similar responsibilities to um, his partner. So. Yeah, where there isn't such a big uh, free safety, strong safety distinction. But yeah. I honestly, I'm not saying that for certain. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, which team drafts him, how they play him. Um, yeah. And I think he's got quite a high upside just because yeah, yeah. it's, you know, there, there are some question marks about what what role he actually uh, fits into. But he, he does show a lot of uh, different things. Yeah, no, I, I, it's one of those things where kind of, I don't think he'd be best suited to playing like a, a cover three deep center field safety. Mm, no, but but you yeah, but there are a number of schemes that will find ways to make him have an impact. But you, there's not sort of a clear cut. Well, we're going to stick him in a slot all the time, or we're going to play him deep center all the time. I think yeah, it, it's it's going to be very much up to teams how they maximize him. Yep. Anyway, the complete contrast of that is a guy who was used almost exclusively in one way yep. and quite effectively, um, which is Taylor Rapp at uh, Washington, who was basically exclusively used as a cover three center field safety um, and was pretty solid that like his game, yep. he's probably the safest safety pick in this class. I'd say yep. um, he's a solid to good run defender. He makes very few mistakes in coverage. And although he doesn't actually make many significant plays he is very cautious in how he how he plays yeah but he, he he makes barely any mistakes and has yep. good enough athleticism that he can probably play like some you know again some teams will, will maybe he's probably doesn't have the ceiling of being an elite cover three um center field safety because his range isn't as good as as you'd ideally like yeah but but he makes up for that with, with with pretty sound um processing ability and he just tends to play a little bit deeper than some other guys will and that you know it does take away from what his absolute value is but he he doesn't make many mistakes he's 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 a he's a kind of guy you, if you play a cover three scheme for let's say for the Panthers say they you could start in week one and he'd be solid and he'll never be amazing but he'll be solid and that has a reasonably high value. Yep, I think. Um, I think Washington's defensive scheme was quite quite conservative, and Rapp played so deep that you rarely s- saw him have to make plays behind him. You never, you rarely saw no, him have no. to like turn his, uh, flip his hips, and uh, go track a ball that's going to the deep corner or something like that. No, which he, is he which, which means that even though he did play fairly deep as a safety, it's quite hard to project what he'll be like as a NFL. Uh, deep safety just because he he didn't have to do that at Washington. Um, but he, no. he didn't make that many plays on the ball because he was deep, but he was always in the right position to kind of tackle whenever someone made a catch. I think he yeah. showed very good awareness in zone, rarely missed a tackle. I think he might yeah. be the best uh, tackler in this class. Incredibly mm-hmm. kind of like um, just a very smart player. Uh, good yeah. agility yeah. as well. But I'm not sure about the, the range to play deep safety. I think he might be better close to the line of scrimmage but that's not necessarily where he played in college so even that's a bit of a 
projection for for someone who's such a safe player he might be quite a good cover two guy actually yeah um yeah i think yeah he he, he's high ceiling yeah sorry high floor low ceiling type prospect i think um which is sort of the complete opposite of of a lot of us in this class who are much more sort of high upside guys he's sort of a contrasting safe pick yeah um yeah, uh, safe play in terms of how he plays on the on the field, and the safe pick in terms of uh, having the kind of basic skill sets and fundamentals yeah. uh, sewn down. Yeah, no, I I think he's the kind of guy that you probably wouldn't be really excited about your team taking, but it's quite hard to you know criticize it either if that makes sense, as long yeah. as it's not super high. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, second round is is probably the the correct area for him to get drafted. Yeah. Um. And then, again, going back to someone who's quite a bit different from Rap, uh, we've yeah. got Darnell Savage, who's yeah. next on the board, and the last of the kind of top four safeties yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you earmarked earlier. Um, and, yeah. and Savage, a lot of people might have heard, because he, he ran like a 4-3-something. Yeah, 4-3-6, um, I think. At, at the combine. Um, so it seems like he's got the range to play uh, the deep safety position that the Panthers so covet. Yeah. But that's not really what he was asked to do at Maryland, was it? Mm. No, that's the issue. Is that kind of he he's a bit of a I wouldn't say a poor man's Gardner Johnson, but he's kind of he's a similar kind of guy in that he's you know the ceiling is of this high value cover three center fielder. He just wasn't really asked. That just wasn't how he was used. He was basically used as a nickel. Um, he's got I don't think he's as good in man coverage as Gardner Johnson is, which is another reason why I think he's a bit lower down. Although he's yep. although yep. his top speed is a bit faster and his quickness is better. Yep. Um, he doesn't have the the the, the movement skills that Gardner Johnson does. And his ball skills aren't as good either, I don't think, quite. But again, he's very, very quick, very fast, comes down to the ball very well. People, I've heard some people talk about using him maybe more as a strong safety, but I'm not totally sure. I think he's a good enough run defender to do that. Um, But I think he he will probably take a little bit longer to adjust to playing the the deep safety role. But that's probably where his, his value is. Um, and but just the fact that he hasn't done it, and that there are some concerns about his run defense, his ball skills aren't as good as some of the others, and the inability to really play man against NFL receivers just lowers him. He's a bit lower than the top three for me, but he's very, he's very much. There will be people who have him higher than Rap, say, um, and I yeah. know there there are some who have Savage really really high. I, I I think he would probably be a reach for the Panthers in the second round, but in the third round, I think he's, he's very, he, you know, if the Panthers haven't taken a safety bite by the, the 77th pick, I think it is in the third round. He'd yeah. very definitely be a, a, a good value pick there. Yep. Um, yeah. I think he, he's got decent instincts in the, in the run game, but his, his tackling does let him down and his size isn't going to help. Uh, no, I think, he, either. I think that's the thing is that although he, he, he isn't terrible in man coverage, Bigger receivers oh, yeah. just bully him, and smaller receivers he just can't stay with round sharp cuts. He just doesn't have the agility. So, like against moderate sized receivers who aren't amazing route runners, he can play man. But but there are going to be matchup issues that you can't stick him on bigger receivers because they will just bully him. Yep. Um, and it, it it gets to that point where if he if he hasn't necessarily got a skill set in terms of uh, the the technique or processing ability to play deep. Uh, deep field uh, as a safety then that 4-3 looks less attractive if he needs to play close to the line of scrimmage because yes, there it's a bit yeah. more of a threshold type speed thing where as long as you can yeah. make the players sort of sideline to sideline being able to run 40 yards and you know that fast doesn't really 
Man's no, up. no, and and you then also have the fact that his run defense then becomes the, the closer he plays the line, the bigger an issue. The fact that he's you know five foot eleven and one hundred ninety nine pounds starts to be. Yeah. And he, and and things. It wasn't that he missed loads of tackles. It's just that quite often he just got dragged for an extra four or five yards kind of thing. Like he just didn't have the. If he didn't get his feet set and landed the hit, he he relied on either trying to just completely flatten people, which then led to misses, or he just relied on wrapping up where he just got dragged for extra yards. Yep. So he, he he as as a as a deep field safety, he's probably okay tackling wise, but if you play him as a box safety, that will then become a much bigger issue. But yep. he he's probably the most complete boom bust of this safety class in that regard. Yeah. Certainly of those top four guys. Oh yeah. Um. And then the, the next two you have up, uh, one guy is projected to go quite high up, one guy a bit lower. Uh, yeah. You've got Lucas Dennison, Deontay Thompson, who I think you view fairly similarly, not in terms of what players they are, but in terms of your overall grade. I think I have Dennis. Uh, they're in a similar group. I think I have a high first, high fourth round pick on uh, grade on Dennis and a low fourth round pick on Thompson. So there, there is yep. a bit like there is a bit of a gap, but they're in that sort of yep. early day three, late day two kind of range for me. Yeah. Um, I think Dennis is the Dennis is you know he is he can play the deep middle and he can play the slot. Mm. He's not elite at either, I don't think. Um, yep. And his athleticism is gonna again limit him in both. You know he doesn't. Yep. If he plays a deep middle, he's got good instincts and he does move quite well and he's got good ball skills. But yep. bigger arm quarterbacks are gonna try and challenge him on the outside because he he is gonna struggle for for the sort of top end speed there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you play him in man, again, like the smaller, faster receivers, his, his movement skills are actually pretty good, but he's going to struggle against, against speed, against speed guys, and bigger receivers are going to bully him because, he you know, he's a, what, 5'11", 190 pounds. Yeah. It, you know, I, I uh, watched him against NC State and Jacoby Myers, um, who admittedly is a very good you know, route runner and he's one of, you know, one of the better route runners in the, in the yep. receiver class, but but Myers just used his frame and his route running and and he, he was able to sort of bully him a little bit ahead of routes. So. Yep. His ceiling is that of probably a decent cover three center fielder. Like he, he'll probably be fine, but he doesn't have the upside of the top four guys. Yeah, I've got some question marks about him. So um, the same concerns you mentioned about um, him playing in the slot, playing against bigger receivers, uh, his size is, is a concern. He always seemed a bit tad slow to recognize things, in in, in my opinion. Okay. And then when when it comes to the the deep um, the deep zone stuff, he, I just don't think he's got the he, he's quite fluid. He's he's very agile, but he hasn't got the the kind of speed you want. Um, no. To fill that, so there's I don't know how I, much upside there are there is to. No, I think game. he's probably. I don't think he's got a massive ceiling. I I I think the thing with his speed is it's not terrible. Like he's not gonna. I think he ran like a four five ish something like four five five something like that. It might be it might be low four sixes, but like yeah. he, he's. He's not. I think it might be four six two actually. Like he's not like you no know, terribly terribly slow. He's you no know, he's not yeah. going to get run by by everybody. Um, but he doesn't have the range that you really want to see in a cover three safety. Yeah. You googling his forty time? Um. Yeah, I can't can't find it straight away. Um, but I I, I do have it as. I remember it being quite low. Um, I, think, I think it was four six two, but I will have a quick check. Yeah, because that, um, that, that does seem quite low. Yeah, for a deep, um, deep safety. Four six four, sorry, four six yeah. four. Yeah. 
which isn't mm. ideal. No. I mean, his, but his, yeah, yeah, he's he's one of those things where his three cone, his twenty yard shuttle are actually pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but he just, just he, he will, you know, he can't play against really fast guys, and there are going to be, he is going to allow throws to the outside thirds where he just doesn't yeah, have yeah. the speed to get there in time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Deontay Thompson, um, yeah. kind of a, a player more people will know about. Um, why yeah. is he not up there with the the better free safeties on your big board? <laughs> So there are there are a couple of reasons. Um, I don't I don't think he has the movement skills to play much man coverage. I think yep. he is a a deep cover three or deep cover specialist. Like he, he can't really play man coverage. He, he yep. he's got the speed, he just doesn't have the agility and stuff. Um, and that's fine. Only if you're going to play a deep, he he is quite aggressive at times and does. There are some pretty troubling mental errors. Not loads of them, but yep. he's not safe as a coverage player. He yep. makes and and the thing is. is that's fine. Like Eric Reed was pretty damn aggressive as a as a deep safety, but Eric Reed also had incredible athleticism and great ball skills. That the big plays he made mm. were worth the few plays he gave up. Oh yeah. Um, where, whereas Thompson just doesn't have those ball skills, and so the upside is he, he doesn't pick off enough passes to make it worth him taking the risks he takes. He'd do better to just not take those risks. He'd probably end up with maybe one fewer interception a season. And maybe five or six fewer pass breakups, but he also wouldn't give up the massive long touchdowns every now and then. Yeah. Um, however, by far away the biggest concern is that his tackling is terrible, uh, and by terrible yep. I mean yep. probably the worst of any player in this draft class at any position. It is catastrophically awful. Um, is that a fair assessment, or is, am I being a bit too hard? Um, I, I I don't think it's like a, a standard deviation worse than uh, the other worst players in this draft class maybe, but yeah it's um i think it's 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 the worst of the of the safeties i've seen um not sure about how it compares to, to some of the cornerbacks i don't remember greedy williams being that good either um but it, it, it is very concerning for 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 a player um of his reputation and i think the thing is that it, 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 i think at least with greedy williams is that generally he tries to do the right thing he just sometimes woofed out a little bit and didn't always put as much effort into it as maybe he should have done. And then yeah. he also tended to dive in a bit, which led to some misses. The issue with Thompson is that quite a lot of the time he just literally runs into people and hopes they will fall over. And there are some tackles, like there are some tackles going to the edge where he just dives and isn't able to get the leg down. And that's fine. Yeah. But there are some tackles like in the box where he just runs into people and then is surprised when they don't immediately fall down and finds them five meters past him. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it, yeah, he, he's, I mean, it's a bit like, um, oh, was it Ronnie Harrison who was the Alabama safety last year? Yeah. It was a similar um, thing where he just yeah. tried to run into people as hard as possible. And it's like, that's, that's, there were so many really avoidable missed tackles. I think that's the thing with Thompson is it's not the, necessarily the number of missed tackles, it's just the sheer avoidability of the tackles he does miss. Yeah. Yeah, there were some, there were some really, really ugly missed tackles where he just, just, just literally just runs into people and then is surprised when they don't fall over. Yeah. Um, well, I- I was very disappointed watching Thompson, um, given that you know he does have some pedigree as a player. He's you know fairly highly regarded. Um, I, yeah, I just I'm, I'm not quite sure what his best role in in the NFL is. I think he's got good run instincts in that he does he does make plays. Um, he he does yeah. play with good energy. He does kind of see things, but um, the tackling's a concern, and the the general movement skills are very clunky. Um, yeah. And he will get burned in coverage. 
So I I don't know how you can hide both the the coverage faults yeah, and, the thing is, uh, and the run support faults. I just don't see you need to why fix one or, player. Yeah. You need to fix one or the other, and that's not a trivial thing to do. And even then, he's still going to be a player who is very limited because you still you. Know, in terms of like athleticism, coverage skills, and run defense, he does the athleticism bit quite well and the coverage bit quite well. And not all of the run defense bit is broken, but mm. there are flaws in every category that you're kind of like, ah, it's hard to see how he's going to be a good player without significant work in multiple areas. Yep. Right. Should we talk about box safeties for a bit before we yeah, yeah, run out yeah. of time? Um, so should we uh, group the, the top four guys together? Um. Oh, yeah. We might as well uh, just actually just go through them one by one. Uh, number yeah, one yeah. is is Mike Edwards. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky. Yeah. So I I know I'm quite a bit higher on him than than a lot of people are, and I don't think he's some great player. But uh, in a in a pretty weak box safety class, as in the box safety class is definitely weaker than the free safety class. Um, I think Edwards is probably the the most well-rounded player. He's yep. the only one I think that I would trust in man coverage of the of the box safeties. Um, and whilst he's not amazing in that regard, I think he's at least okay as a man coverage player, um, which, given the Panthers play a lot of man coverage, is mm. quite important. Um, he's got d- pretty good ball skills. He He's pretty decent athlete. His tackling is generally pretty good. The only issue comes when he's going full, sort of throttle downhill. He can sometimes end up over committing at times yeah he, uh, he he's definitely prone to that i think when, once he gets his arms on a player he tends to bring them down um but is his pursuit angles can be a bit over aggressive and yeah, like yeah, when he definitely. sees something he he bolts for it um but can really leave holes behind him so i, I think he'd actually be better as a run defender the closer you play into the line and yeah. i think so he so in kentucky he was kind of he played mainly in the box, but they did also move, move him deep at times. Yeah. I think he'd do better from just playing in the box all the time, where he can gap fit and wrap and tackle players rather than having to necessarily chase them down from 20 yards downfield, yeah. where he's liable to sort of get whiffed. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't think he's ever going to be an amazing player, but I think in a class that lacks good, strong safeties, he's probably the safest. Yeah, and he, he, he plays with a lot of energy as well. Um, yeah, he's, he, he, he's a guy who shows up a lot on tape. If you sort of, yeah. if you're watching a Kentucky game and you're not watching him, you repeatedly see him around the ball making plays. Yeah. Um, and then next up for your strong safety is Jonathan Abram of yeah. Mississippi State. Yeah. So he, he's he's the other. So I think there's there's a there's a bit of a gap between Abram and the next guy. Um, for me, at least, I think the thing with Abram is that he he's probably the best pure run defender in the box safety class and he's probably the best maybe maybe not the best athlete but he's certainly got the best sort of straight line speed and quickness and he's he's probably not going to play loads of man coverage but if you play in sort of an underneath the zone he's probably uh got the best sort of quickness and 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 sort of uh burst in that kind of role yeah the only issue is is that his his awareness in zone is not it's not a massive issue it's just not a particular positive either yeah, yeah and that his ball skills aren't great and at the moment it, it's he's a good run defender with promise as a coverage player but he's not there yet yeah and i think he he probably his ceiling is definitely higher than edwards i just think that you're probably going to have to be a little bit more patient in terms of how you use him because there will be these issues you know he isn't going to be a plus coverage guy right away 
No, I think I've got the biggest question marks about his coverage ability um, more than any other safety in this class. I think he, he's he's really good at block shedding, very good at getting off blocks. Mm-hmm. And that's something that he does better than, than Edwards. Um, he's yeah, a bit bigger he's got a run well. defender. Yeah. Um, and he, he has got that uh, that kind of deep line speed, but he's not he's not that shifty as a, a no, player he's or he's, you know he hasn't got the, the lateral quickness. Um, but he's got he's he's really good as like a, a downhill uh, yes, big yeah. hitting type of strong safety. Yeah, I just think you have you you probably have to be a little bit patient about about him in terms of how, how you how yeah you should have some patience in his coverage and even if yep. you are patient it's not guaranteed to work out if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, he'll be a great special teams player, but you know that's oh, yeah, not yeah. worth a, a, a third round pick. No. Um. And then uh, coming up behind Abram, but someone you say is not there's there's a, a bigger gap between Abram and the yeah. next guy Juan Thornhill than there is between Edwards and Abram. Um, so Juan Thornhill, uh, he's a, a strong safety out of Virginia. Yeah. Um, and I think he's quite an interesting player with sort of a, a weird skill set, so to speak. Yes. Um, I think there's the, 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 there in my mind at least there is one scheme that probably views him way more valuably than every other scheme like if, if you play a split safety look a lot where yeah. you ask him to play the sort of the the low the, the downhill split but you're not asking him to play in the box yeah then i think he's he has a real like in that niche coverage system he is quite valuable yeah but he can't play man coverage he's not a particularly good run defender and he doesn't really have the athleticism to play the deep field safety so he's kind of he, the things he does well he is good at but he doesn't yeah. it's a very particular set of things he does well yeah. he's got good burst uh he breaks the ball quite well in terms of his agility he's got good yeah. ball skills and actually he's yeah. his awareness in zone is pretty good yeah. and he's a decent tackler but i mean he's he, what's the term cut high he's got very long legs yeah and that's fine but it also makes his change of direction quite poor yeah and it makes him he, he, it also means his center of gravity is quite high as well and he, he he doesn't do very well when he actually gets blocked he really struggles to get off blocks um yeah. and he's not particularly physical as a run defender um and then he also can't really change direction to cover in man coverage so he's he's a specialist underneath the zone non at the line box safety yeah. so there, there yeah there is a scheme that values him but it, it, it's one it's not the panthers and two that's going to limit your value if you're very 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 scheme dependent yeah i think i think um the season he's just played was his first at safety he was a cornerback before yeah um and uh, you can kind of see that a bit i think his man coverage is a a bit better than what you give him credit for um i think it's okay i think i think it's very dependent on how you ask him to play so that if you ask him if he's got inside leverage and you're asking him to play running with people vertically Yep. he's actually not too bad mm-hmm. but if you ask him to mirror out of his back pedal then he just gets completely wrecked at times yeah yeah um you just need to find the right way to to play him like because he does have a, an interesting skill set um given his sort of general athleticism ball skills as you say um he could be a, a useful player for for some to have but he, he does need to bulk up in his yeah in his lower body um yeah i i i He's 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 a strange player. I I I I think it's hard to see him being a great player, but he could be a pretty good player in the right scheme. Yeah. 
but he also has massive bust potential if you put him in the wrong scheme. Yeah. Um, and then the last safety on your on your board, and the last one we're going to talk about is Amani Hooker. Yeah. Out of Iowa, um, he's yeah. very much a strong safety. I don't think there's no, no, really he, much yeah. debate about that. But he wasn't really. The, the issue then is that he wasn't really played as a, as a strong safety totally yeah. in college. He was kind of yeah. played as just a big nickel. Yeah. And so there is, you know, he's a pretty good coverage guy, but mm-hmm. isn't he, he, he? The way he was asked to play as a coverage player was quite different from how he'll likely be asked to play in the NFL. He yeah. played a bit more sort of man and sort of uh, flat zone rather than actually being asked to read and react in sort of middle, you know, yeah. interior zones. And so yeah. there is going to be that level of projection which sort of limits his. He's he's a developmental guy without sort of the you know elite level ceiling, and so that kind of yep. I think I've got sort of a fourth round grade in him, and I think he's, he's a decent player, but it's kind of he doesn't have either the floor or the ceiling to be really really enthusiastic about him. No, um, I think he's he's a good tackler and he's good again off blocks, but just because of the fact that he played a nickel, you couldn't really see what his instincts in the run game were um, because he just wasn't involved that often. Um, yeah. And and what he tested like really well um, at the combine, and I just cannot see that athleticism on tape. No, no. I, I, I remember there's someone I've, that's a comment I've seen from other people as well, which is like he's not a bad safety, but the numbers he put up are not what you see on tape in the slightest. Yeah. Um, and I think Thornhill as well was a guy that tested faster than he looked. Um, yeah. Tape. Like I definitely I, saw him beat deep a couple of times. There, there is, yeah, I, I, he's not a free safety. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think you can play Thornhill as, as a deep safety and and it not go quite badly wrong. Mm. Um, the, the comp I immediately had in my head was Obi Mellon Fonry, but I think that's a bit unfair. I think he's better than that. <laughs> um, but but it is similar a guy where you watch on tape and you think, I mean, he's not unathletic on tape, but he's just not this combine freak who he's being made out to be. Yeah. But yeah. No, I, I think he's um. I think he's a. You know, I, I think there are a lot of pretty decent safeties in this class. I think it's actually a, a way deeper safety class than than last year's say, and I think that suits the Panthers a lot because there, you know, mm. there is a real chance they could get someone pretty good on the second day. Yeah. But but I don't think there's anyone who should be in play at 16. There, there's no yeah. kind of yeah, yeah, elite yeah. safety who should. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there aren't any safeties drafted in the first round. See, it's interesting because like I think the other thing to note with the safety class is is people's views on it are all over the place. Like to be fair, the mm. uh, Mike Edwards is probably not in this conversation, but the everyone else we've mentioned is largely viewed as the top nine safeties on most people's boards. Um, uh, Lucas Dennis. Dennis is maybe a bit yeah. lower, but he's he's probably ninth on a lot of boards. Um, but a lot of the other guys are definitely the top eight. Yeah. But which order they go in and how high you think they go is just oh, all yeah, over yeah. the place. I've yep. seen mocks with four safeties in the first round. I've seen mocks with Gardner Johnson going in the fourth. And and yep. and and it's not because and it is very much this matter of some guys are very scheme dependent and also there's a real variance in whether you value floor or ceiling. But but the, the I think for, for me the ideal situation for the Panthers is that Gardner Johnson is there at 47. Yep. And if he's there at 47, I think you take him without really hesitating about yep. it. Yep. But I'm not taking him at 16 and i'm probably not taking him unless i trade to right at the end of the first you know if you trade back to maybe sort of 30 maybe you consider yeah. him there but I'm, I'm i wouldn't be happy taking him at 16 um but you could also get to the point where him adley rap abram are all gone by by 47 yeah like it, it's it's very hard to predict and 
yeah, the issue is that the Panthers have kind of put themselves in a corner where they kind of have to draft, or they have to find a free safety from somewhere, yeah. and and they could like, that could go terribly wrong, but it could also end up brilliantly with someone falling to them at 47, who yeah. probably would could, could come in and start week one. So, yeah, yeah this, this is quite a high-risk position for the Panthers in terms of their draft strategy. Yeah, um, I think I think targeting someone in the second round is probably the, the best because you, you won't be able to find many guys after that who can uh, play the, the deep cover-free safety you need. Yeah. And the, I think, the, I, I, the only sorry. exception to that maybe would be, you know, if you can't find one of the top four picks, if you go to like the fourth, then someone like Lucas Dennis starts to make a bit more sense. Not because I think he's ever going to be a great player, but he is better than what you've got. Yeah. And that that is worth a mid-round, late mid-round yeah. pick. I think the, the best safety from this class will be the one that finds the right scheme. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's basically, the the defensive coordinator that, you know, looks at guys like, he can't do these things, but that's not a problem with my scheme. That safety is probably going to be the, the best player in this class. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I there, there is no kind of... There, there were two safeties last year who I think were a class above one, all oh, the yeah. other safeties last year, but also all the safeties this year. And uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think there's a Derwin James or a Justin Reed in this class. But th- there are some pretty good guys, and particularly when you get to the second day, there's some good value as well. So mm. it's a position Panthers should be hopeful about, but also should be aware that it's definitely not something they can take for granted. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's us done for this week. Um, next week we'll be talking offensive line, um, which I, I I know we've run relatively long this week. Offensive line could run very long. Um, but we'll try and keep it in time next week. Uh, in terms of profiles, I'll be doing uh, Gardner Johnson, Savage, and Dennis this week. Um, yep. I think that's everything from me. Yep. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please uh, share it with your friends. Uh, yeah. Comment about what you liked, what you didn't like. You know, things that we can improve on. Um, it would be great to hear feedback from you yeah. um, because we want as many people to, to get the most out of this podcast as, as possible. Yep. So that'd be good.